In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and today I have such an exciting announcement. Starting next week, Betches Brides has a whole new look and a brand new host. It is my pleasure to introduce the new host of the Betches Brides podcast, your personal bride guide. She's one of the nation's top wedding planners, and each week she'll guide a real Betches bride in need of advice, empathy, and laughter through their nuptial nerves. Plus, she'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. So everybody, I'm so excited to finally announce who it is. Fallon Carter. Hi, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so I'm excited. <laughs> so excited. You were like one of my favorite guests. We had so much fun. You're so funny. You're so knowledgeable because obviously you're a wedding planner. <laughs> and I just, I can't get enough. I'm so, so excited that you're here and you're going to be the host. Thank you. I am ready. We had we did have such a delightful time and I have crazy shoes to fill. So thank you so much for this honor. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I will still be running the Betches Brides Instagram, so I'll still Saucy. definitely be part of this world, but <laughs> I'm passing the torch to you as our host. I will make you proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. Tell us a little bit about your vision for the show. Like what should listeners expect? Yeah, so Basically, the new vision is we're going to, we really want to talk to real Betches Brides, which we're calling our RBBs, essentially. So we want to connect with them and really learn more about what they're looking to experience for their wedding and how we can help them. So it's going to be the same. It's going to be fun and exciting, but we're going to really talk to the actual RBBs. I love that. We've had a lot of great expert guests on the show. I mean, including yourself. You were a guest on the show. Is that something that you want to continue with? Absolutely. Um, Our experts and creative partners are exactly how we learn more about each industry kind of in more in depth. So we're going to keep all of the great experts because I only know so much. So we're going to (laughs) bring as many experts as we can. And again, really meet and greet with all of the RBBs to really fine tune and give everyone the answers they're looking for. So will the RBBs, which I'm obsessed with that name, the (laughs) RBBs, they are going to be able to talk to the experts. So I think actually the best part of this new concept is our RBBs will actually get to ask questions live on the podcast. So we're going to get true answers in real time and they'll walk away with some roadmaps to success. I love that. And of course, you can always go to our Geneva group chat. That is where you can interact with Fallon, give her some good ideas for what guests you want to have on, what your problems are. And I mean, maybe you could become an RBB and get to come on the show. So it's really exciting. And what topics do you expect to cover on the show? Everything. 
Okay, maybe not everything. A lot of things that are wedding related. Um, We're going to definitely talk about questions for your vendors, like what to talk about when you're going on site visits with your venues, how to interview your photographer, floral details, like which flowers are in, which flowers might be out, Um, escort boards, how to make those interactive, and basically how to get the most bang for your buck. That's amazing. And what about budgets? I mean, our listeners have a very wide variety of budgets. So what can you tell us about that? We're going to talk about every budget. So whether mom's paying for it, whether you're paying for it, whether it's DIY, everything in between, we're going to make sure you have all the tools you need, no matter the budget that you have. That's incredible. And, you know, how about recently married brides? Because a lot of the best lessons we learn on this podcast have come from already married, like recently married brides. So are they going to be able to come on the show? A hundred percent. We find that hindsight is twenty twenty. Don't they say that? So I think having conversations with past brides really allows us to see their experience and they will say like, I should have done this or what they learned. And those are extremely helpful to future planning brides. Yeah. And what else do you want to accomplish with the show? Like, where do you see the show going? Well, I find that everyone gets so stressed over wedding planning, whether with a planner or without one. And it really is simple. And I want to find ways to share as many resources as we can so that people feel comfortable and confident about leaning into the wedding that they want and really using their gut to make decisions and not being so stressed about the money about it. Like if you can't afford something, don't do it. (laughs) It's like have the wedding you want, have the wedding you can afford. And I really want people to focus on having a fabulous marriage over a great wedding. That's very deep. But I, <laughs> I mean, I'm all for that. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code brides20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code brides20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
are a wedding planner, so I mean, you, you've you seen it all. And uh-huh. I want people to know a little bit more about you. Like, what is your background? Like, where did you grow up? All of that. So I've told the short version of the story many a time, but this is kind of the longer one. Um, all right. So it's 2008. I just graduated from college and I wanted to be a lawyer. So I have, I grew up in Maryland. So my brother lived in DC. So I move in with him because <laughs> I have no money. And <laughs> um, basically I was working at an Israeli aerospace company at the time, um, basically doing whatever that entails. And it was cool-esque, but I was basically mm-hmm. planning for law school and studying. So my best friend from high school says, Fallon, you should come to Paris with me. My sister is getting married. And I'm like, word, like yeah. I love Paris, like with everything in me. And it was a Nigerian wedding. And this is my first introduction to like weddings. I've never been to one. I was like, I'd love to be at a wedding. And it was like at the Waldorf Astoria next to oh Versailles. God. So it was like a three day, no expense spared moment. But when I got to Paris, we go to her sister's like hotel room and I like already have a croissant and a glass of champagne in my hand. I'm like, I'm ready. What we doing? So (laughs) she basically her wedding dress had been shipped from Nigeria to Paris. We open up the box and it is a hot mess. And so it's like a big wedding and we need to find out a big dress to like do the job. And we have a week. Girl. Was it was it like a traditional wedding dress? Like what that you was wearing? It was wearing, a white was- one. It was okay. a big white one. And it was ruined. And it was shaky. It was ruined. And we have five days till the wedding. Oh, my God. So- and you're in Paris. Oh, my God. I didn't. Uh, girl. So we all, I, take, I took French in high school and a little <laughs> bit in college. So I take my broken French and we figure out how to get this girl a dress. Um, and the same thing had happened to her bridesmaids dresses. Like those were shipped and ruined. Her bridesmaids are flying. Girl, everything. I feel like her experience. I was like, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. It feels like the the rug was like pulled up underneath her. So we now have to like guess that her bridesmaids are the same size that they were. Like it's a high mess. Um, but ultimately we put our we put our sentences and our broken Frenches together and we get her a new dress. And I, the day of the wedding, I'm not a guest. I'm running around. I'm getting <laughs> breakfast for people. I think I need to sew her into the dress because some things were still amiss. And like while I'm doing all of this, it felt in alignment. I felt like I'm solving real problems. I can help people like what I what I am doing, they need from me. Mm-hmm. And so we're on the terrace and I'm like bustling her dress where Versailles is next door. Um, the, the fireworks are going off ahead and we're about to like open the doors and she's walking into her reception. And that was the moment that I was like, Oh, this is, this is my calling. Like a hundred percent. Like there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. And so to this day, so I came back, I quit my job. I moved in with my mom at this point, because my brother was like, girl, you need to get it together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm telling everyone I'm going to be a wedding planner. And they're like, do you even know how? And I was like, I'm a figure it out. Yeah. They're like, you've been to one wedding. Like, what are you talking about? And also you were going to law school. So they were probably like, what the fuck? Like literally. Yeah. Oh my like you've fallen down. But I got some cards off of Vistaprint. I, I think I stole some images and made a website 
you know, safe space and um, moved to New York. And I started my career just kind of falling into things and weddings happening. Um, But yeah, so now every time a bride walks down the aisle, no matter how many team members I have, I have to be the one that holds her dress before she enters. Like that's that's my favorite part. Special. (laughs) Do you remember like the first wedding that you planned on your own after obviously you problem solving and fixing everything in Paris? What was that wedding like? Um, 2012. It was crazy because for some reason I said, I'll also do the flowers and there was lots of baby's breath. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) Safe space. Um, I did everything. I was like, up the day before, like at the venue, trying to put the flowers together. To be honest, I still look at that wedding and I'm like, it's not terrible. <laughs> and Where I was connected it? with, it was in Arlington, Virginia. It was in um, like, what was Old Town or like the, a Kempton Hotel. It was really lovely. But throughout the planning process, the girl got pregnant. And I was like, girl. So we had to bump up the wedding so that she wasn't sure. Oh it was, God. it was, yeah, it was a lot. But the funny thing was the photographer that shot that wedding was the one who gave me my first New York wedding. Um, so it was great. <laughs> and is that kind of how you, like, did it all kind of snowball after that? Like, how did you really make this into a career? Yeah, basically referral after referral. Um, and it just kind of, Like the first wedding, she sent me and her friend. I did her friend's wedding. The photographer sent me a coworker of his. I did her wedding. And then after that, I just got a proper website, of course, where the images were mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then this is like right when Instagram was like coming on the scene. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just kept falling into it and meeting new vendors and just building relationships. But it, it took a lot of hard work, but I've... I had to get scrappy in the beginning and that's what I've, what's been probably a little bit, probably the most helpful to working with the clients is because I can kind of find a way to make anything happen. Yeah. Do you remember when you had like your first assistant, like where you were like, okay, I'm not just going to be by myself anymore? Uh, yes. Um, and one time I hired like a lot of people and I was like, I don't know why you're all here. <laughs> right. But, Cause like, you were so used a- to probably doing everything yourself that you're like, what are you guys well, what doing? What are you here? doing? <laughs> so yes. Um, but having them alongside you, you realize exactly how much you do mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, I don't know how I was doing this by myself. Like I was running from the groom's room to the bride's room, to the upstairs, to the downstairs, setting this up and all by yourself. I was like, I don't know why I wasn't a size two back then. I still don't see how that didn't happen. But anyway. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I love hearing success stories like that, like people who really just like put it all out there and they're like, this is what I'm going to do. And I mean, it's so hard in the beginning. And I don't think people really understand that. Like I, you know, and Instagram has been such a big tool for so many people. Like that is how people are getting jobs and getting work. And that I just think it's, I mean, you have to be a little scrappy, like you said. <laughs> and I mean, you did it. You 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 pulled how many people work for it's you now? Four? I mean, that's like those are like full-time employees. <laughs> yeah. That you are in charge of. Like you have to like do they have to do their taxes. I think I think about this every day of my life. Yes. <laughs> I am responsible for the livelihoods of humans. Oh my God. <laughs> And do you do you have weddings almost every weekend in the summer specifically because it's such a high 
Like, how do you, like, compartmentalize all the different weddings you have going on at once? I will say I have forgotten names sometimes. Um, and I'm like, you, you over there. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> when we're in the thick of season. Um, uh, but everyone's love story really does stand out in my head. And I, I guess I have such a connection with them and kind of the design of it and how, and all of their isms. Like we have a lot of conversations with everyone. So I, they're all like my children. And sometimes I might forget your name and I might call you someone else's name, but I still love you just the same. <laughs> yeah. And you probably remember like the details about like their uh, everything. specific wedding, but like their name is just, it's going to come and go and that's okay. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking of all the three types of linen sizes, the 108 exactly. by 156. And then, and I'm like your name, hmm, I'm holding on to it in a second. <laughs> it's escaping me right now. I mean, I just think what you do is so incredible because I mean, you. you're doing so much behind the scenes. I mean, I'm sure you're also at some point you've got to put your relationship therapist hat on. You've got to talk to mother of the brides, mother of the groom. You know, that's probably hard too. And emotionally taxing, mentally. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's definitely all included in this, what we call life. And yeah. I'm grateful that these people trust me because I'm like, honey, if you saw the way my kitchen looks right now, but um, it's like right. I can, my responsibility is to make sure we get through this with a smile and that you have a road to a beautiful marriage. But yes, having to navigate mom wants this because she's paying for it and the bride wants mm -hmm. this and she's not paying for it. And I got to figure out how to get bride what she wants and mom to be happy too, even though she's anti first look, but we need this first look to happen because we don't have any more time. I love you all. How are we doing it? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and what is your favorite part about planning a wedding when you're helping these brides? Like, what is, what is your favorite part? I love a challenge. I think my favorite part is taking what someone would deem as like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And we find a way and a solution. Mm -hmm. I also love budgets. Um, I know that's really weird, but I love seeing how to allocate a budget and like see exactly where your dollars and cents are going. I'm very weird. I love a budget. <laughs> so no, I'm always going to figure out how to negotiate or how to get the dollar cent right. And like how to get, like, I really want this experience to happen for our guests or our clients or our couples. How are we going to make that happen with the budget that we have? You're like a pro you are a problem solver. Like you thrive in a crisis, you know. Like you, that's that's the vibe that I'm getting from you, which is amazing because a lot of our brides write in and they're just like, basically, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and what do I do? Where do I start? So this will be amazing. And what do you think is your least favorite part about wedding planning? Do you have a least favorite, or what is the hardest part? Managing bridal parties. <laughs> I remember that from, from our conversation a few months ago. I'm really just like, why are you all here? <laughs> yeah, because it's like they're making your job a little bit harder. A little bit harder. I really do like every aspect of the day. I definitely, we definitely come alive on the actual day because that's when you're, you're in it and the feelings are so vibrant and real and there's so much emotion and you're just tackling it. There really isn't a part that I don't like, to be honest with you, as much as I complain about wedding parties or cake tastings or that, like, they're all necessary yeah. and they all make the experience that much more magical. So <laughs> what trend has been your favorite since starting 
Definitely alfresco dining. I love to eat outside. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Does the, does the atmosphere have to be perfect for you to have like a good outdoor dining experience? You have your rain plans, of course, of course. but when you get it, it's absolutely spectacular. Dining yeah. like right as the sun is setting and you've got the lights that'll twinkle and the candles, like it's a pretty spectacular thing. And there's better. nothing better. <laughs> no, I actually agree. I was at a wedding over the weekend and they had this beautiful like rehearsal dinner outside. And it was like the sun was setting. It was like magical. There was candles everywhere. I mean, it was gorgeous. And I was like, I love eating tacos outside. <laughs> it's official. So I I agree. I think that's an amazing trend. We just had an inquiry, actually. We were having a conversation with a couple that wants to do just that. They want to do tacos family style outside. And I was like, honey, can I be a guest? Like, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. People underestimate the power of a hundred percent and barbecue. They really do. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you can, there's so many things you can do with it. So I love that. What trends are you not really feeling? Can we say bye to pumpus grass, please? You know what? <laughs> that is a trend. I asked the followers on Instagram, what is something that they would want to see go in 2023? And that was half of the responses. Yeah. They were like, get this pumpus grass out of my face. It's extremely flammable. Like I did a style shoot once and we had hanging pompous grass and the thing fell onto the candles and the, the sprinklers went off, the fire department came. So I actually have a strong like post-traumatic stress. Every time I see it, I'm like, my Afro is going to go ablaze. This is terrible. I'm ready to leave. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, things could happen. Oh my God. That would be so scary. My, one of my friends, I was in her wedding. Her dress almost caught on no. fire. Like it, yeah, it was that. oh my God. Well, the maid of honor like fluffed the see? dress and it like put it over a candle and it like kind of like singed it a little bit. It was it was like so stressful. That, there's that wedding um, party getting in your way. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> I want to get into our Brides Help Desk segment. We received this email from a bride in crisis and they are looking for some advice. So what the overview basically is what do I do when I barely have enough friends to have three bridesmaids, but my fiance has over 10 guys he wants as groomsmen? So this is what the bride has to say. Hi, love the pod. Been listening for over a year, but just got engaged back in October. My fiance and I just booked our venue and date last week, and it'll be in June of 2024. So we have some time. My fiance is the outgoing one of our relationship, and it shows with the amount of friends that he has. He has a big group of guy friends that have been close since freshman year of college, then has two brothers that he is super close to. So he has over 10 guys that would like to be included in our wedding party. I don't mind as I love all of his friends, but I'm embarrassed because I was only going to have three bridesmaids and one of them is his sister. I also have no siblings of my own to include in my bridal party. And since my fiance and I graduated college over three years ago, we moved to a new city while all my college friends stayed in our college town, aka we just kind of drifted apart as the distance got to us. However, almost every one of my fiance's friends moved to the same city we are now living in, so he has maintained all of his friendships better than I have. My fiance said he can lower the groomsman number to five and make the rest ushers because he knows I'm stressed about this and that it's okay to have less bridesmaids and not embarrassing at all. 
I was just thinking of asking a couple old friends that I genuinely care about and hope to rekindle our friendship, but I don't want them to think it's weird or out of the blue. Is it weird to have a mismatched bridal groom party size to this extreme? Do you think most people would be honored to be asked as a bridesmaid? And am I just overthinking it? I'm honestly so torn what to do. Any advice would be amazing. Oh, my God. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Step one, don't recruit anybody to fill a space. 100% no. Because they'll, they'll know. They'll know. They were like a doing. D-list, like, hey, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. The hey, girly message How's that you're going to get. Yeah. No, don't, yeah. don't do that. If he can bring it down to five, I don't think three and five is weird. But I also think you guys should just focus on an MOH and a best man. Now, he might have a hard problem finding the one person that he considers a best man. So that's a conversation there. But an option would be mm-hmm. just have one person as a representative from both sides. You can still reserve the first two rows for his entire gang if you want to and have them all dressed up. He can still take a group picture with all of them. And like he said, they can usher, they can read, they can do readings, like a collective reading, maybe five and five. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) if he, if he has to, if he can bring it down to five, three and five is not, you're not going to lose your mind over that. But I think if he can just bring it. No one will think it looks weird. Have everyone sit down so that way it doesn't look weird. Like whenever there's like a discrepancy in like size or if there's 10 people standing up there, I'm like, how many guests are at the wedding? Like, is is anyone in the audience? Like, so um, I always suggest just having everyone sit down anyway. And that way it's just the couple, the officiant up there and that's it. Yeah. I mean, or if he can't narrow it down to one best man, maybe have two and then you just have a maid of honor and it won't look weird having the two guys on either side and the girl in the middle. Like I've seen that happen a million times and no one bats an eye. Exactly. And it really is always coming down to who gets paired with whom on the way out kind of thing. So walking through it at a rehearsal is ideal, but sometimes we suggest mapping out the pairings in advance and you can see how it would flow once you actually execute it. So I think three and five is fine, but yeah, or have a seat. Yeah. <laughs> my my biggest my biggest piece of advice is don't ask your old friends that you want to rekindle a friend. 100% not. Cuz also they're going to be yeah. in the morning there with you getting hair and makeup done, drinking champagne with you and yeah. you're like you want those people to be extremely close because that's such an emotional experience for you in that morning. So you want only your rider dies in that room with you. Absolutely. I 100% <laughs> agree. Now it's time for Unpopular Opinions, sponsored by Generation Talks. So Fallon, in this segment, we get to see what our listeners' unpopular wedding opinions are. And when I look through everyone's submissions, I always see shopping for the groomsmen's formal wear. That's why I'm so excited to be partnered with Generation Talks. Generation Tux completely overhauled and improved every aspect of the men's fashion rental experience to make sure that they look and feel amazing. They believe that life's most special events should involve high quality, convenient, and affordable options for men's formal wear. So without further ado, let's get into our unpopular opinions. So I asked our followers on Instagram, like I said, what is their unpopular opinion when it comes to trends in 2023? And here are some of their responses, and I would love your takes. Number one, I mean, other than pompous <laughs> is baby breath. People 
want it gone. They don't want to see another baby's breath in their lives. What do you think? I 100% agree. I will say there's some destination weddings where it's like, that's really all you can get. Like when you're in Greece or something. <laughs> so mm-hmm. sometimes you have to keep it, but I agree. <sighs> okay. I actually don't hate it as much as I hate pompous grass though. Right. Cause that's like <laughs> a hazard. Baby's breath is not a hazard. I, you know, I go back and forth on baby's breath a lot because I actually love the way that it looks. Like, I think it looks fluffy. I feel like it's not expensive. It fills a lot of space. But again, it's baby's breath and it's almost like the carnation of like wedding decor flower. People hate Carnations get a bad rap, bro, but they they come in clutch. They they come in clutch sometimes. I think I'm okay with baby's breath when it's just baby's breath. But if you're like, oh, let's do baby's breath and roses, it's like, no, 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 no. It's either baby's breath and nothing else or or no baby's breath at all. Okay. But carnations, you you could get away with them in some fuller arrangements. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm sure in like arrangements it looks good, but carnations by itself in those sad little like grocery store. It gives store you bodega vibes. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. It's tragic. No shade to anybody who loves me. We love you all. Please don't yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing is champagne towers. And I'm going to put this in the same category as disco balls. People want to see them. Really? What do you think? What so you think? a lot of my couples forego the cake cutting for a champagne tower. Because they're anti-cake. I don't mind it. I'm just so clumsy <laughs> that I would just be terrified. That's that's my only hang It gives me the most anxiety, I will say. When you like, the couples are like spraying bottles and having fun. You're like, this thing could crumble any moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it would just shatter everywhere. everywhere. Like, it would just <laughs> give me so much anxiety. And as for the disco balls, I mean, I think it can work in certain settings. Agreed. Like 70s would definitely be an era that I would have loved to have lived. So I have an affinity for a great disco ball. But I agree in the wrong setting, it can look tragic. I've done a beach wedding where it was like nothing but disco balls hanging over the beach. And we thought it. the bride was like, I just want to dance under a disco ball barefoot in the sand. And it was such a beautiful night. Like the lights you know, shaking off of it and then making little speckle. I thought it was, I thought it was cute. If yeah. I would forego pink uplighting or like purple uplight or like any uplight before I gave up a disco ball. <laughs> now, why is that? Just when has an uplight of color ever been romantic? I just don't understand how colored light at all is. This feels so natural. Like, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like purple. It's purple. Like, why is the room purple? Who looks good in purple light? Yeah. No one. (laughs) No. Yeah, no one. And your photos, like, it might come out kind of weird if there's purple. So I get that. (laughs) Another thing people are sick of seeing is signature drinks. Hmm. And there was a lot of, like, addendums to this. in where people were writing in, where they were like, we're sick of signature drinks that are associated with, like, your dog. We're sick of signature drinks that are associated with your cat. Like, listen, <laughs> I, I'm a basic bitch. I love – I don't mind it. I think they're so cute. Every time I see one, I'm like, oh, my God, that's adorable. But I understand why people are tired. I agree. I – when you – yes, when you're correlating the name to, like – 
an animal or just, it's like, let's stop, but let's just mm-hmm. have a great drink. I don't mind a signature cocktail when it's just a great beverage. Cause also from service side, I can pre-batch those. It's really helpful for my bar service. So I love a signature drink cause it's helping us out, but just keep it a spicy marg and let's call it a day. Like we don't need to recreate the wheel. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even be like Ruby's Moscow Mule or something. It's a spicy yeah. mark. That's the drink. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, what is a good idea for a signature cocktail? Generally, I say a drink that they, maybe that they're, that their guests probably know them for, like a French 75 or a spicy marg, like, or a gin, whatever it is. Like my friends know me for this. Like, let's make those two the ones that we always have. And it's just so much easier. It really, a signature drink is really just for the service, to be honest with you. (laughs) I mean, you can like batch them all and not have to worry about it because I've been to weddings too before where you're kind of standing at the bar for a long time. So do you recommend when it comes to having a bar? I mean, obviously people always say that you want to have an open bar. What are your thoughts on that? But also what are your thoughts on like having it so they can order anything at the bar rather than just like a limited amount of like a menu basically? Um, Okay. So there's a few, I definitely open bar always. Um, You never want to have your guests have to pay for anything. (laughs) You're, You're inviting them. Like they shouldn't have to pull out their wallets at any point. Um, That's just hospitality 101 for us. But when you're crafting your bar, I think, and and if you're working at a hotel or a venue that has a bar built in, usually you can kind of curate the spirits. But I'm like, don't overthink it. Like people aren't going to need, you know, Grand Marnier or, you know, like a special version of a scotch. It's like, you can kind of stick to the basics. And I always say, review your guest list, identify who's coming. And it's like, these are my girls and they always drink Tito's or these are my guys. And we always go for, you know, maker's mark or whatever it is. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. just stick to a bar that has a light, a dark, maybe your tequila, just stick to one or two kind of outliers, but keep it simple. Um, cause it's just being wasteful at that point. And especially if your bar is charging you on the bottle count or things like that, Mm -hmm. try and be as specific and as detailed as possible, which is where your signature drinks are helpful. Because if you have a signature drink that's a tequila base and you have a signature drink that's a gin base, you know the bar is going to be stocked with tequila and gin. So therefore your guests can go up to the bar and maybe they don't want a, a margarita or your signature drink, but they want tequila and soda or tequila and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So they for, therefore they can choose their own adventure with the spirits that you already have as your base for your specialty cocktails, if that's helpful. <laughs> what are your thoughts on people who have like high noons or seltzer at their wedding? Cocktail hour. Okay. Not at the wedding. Mm, uh, if that's your crowd, don't, I'm not going to knock it. And you can also make it a cute station. Like maybe the bar is its cool bar and it's got the garnishes and it's really fabulous. And maybe there's another section that it has like these galvanized tubs with ice and they're just always stocked with your White Claw. I love that. People can just grab and go. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, when you're standing in a line at a bar for, at a wedding, like in the you're just all you want is just a white claw. Like it's kind of annoying having to stand there. Just over there. Yeah. Just go grab it out of a little ice (laughs) bucket. (laughs) That's actually really genius. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) And that's it for our unpopular opinions sponsored by Generation Talks. 
Generation Tux takes the stress out of styling and managing your wedding party, which is definitely not an unpopular opinion here. Generation Tux specializes in online suit and tuxedo rentals with high-quality men's formal wear rentals starting at $99 and award-winning customer service. And best of all, you get free round-trip shipping, virtual consultations with customer experience and stylists, and online tools to help you plan the perfect wedding. And you can try Generation Tux for yourself by visiting generationtux.com. Build your head-to-toe looks, get free swatches, a free home try-on, and manage your entire wedding party online. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-T-U-X.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Fallon. I'm so excited to see what you do with this podcast. I'm so happy to be passing the torch to someone like you. I'm, I'm just elated. What an honor, Samantha. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. And just a quick little farewell message from me to our listeners. I want to say thank you to everybody who's welcomed me into this community. It's quite an exciting, happy, stressful, beautiful little club we have. It's like, it's hard to explain to people that are on the outside. And then when you come into the Betches Brides community, it's like, so amazing. I'm not going anywhere though. I do have a podcast with Betches called Crown Jewels with Lex Nico. We dive into everything royal family, not just the British royal family, but we're talking Denmark. We're talking Spain. We're talking Greece. We hit all the points and it's so much fun, especially with Harry's nonstop royal tour he's going on right now. So be sure to check that out wherever you listen to podcasts and you guys, till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Samantha Bush, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Samantha Bush. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.